Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This hour of the show every Thursday is proudly presented to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, located on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. We were just there last night with the West Genesee Wildcats boys ice hockey team and packed the entire place. There was not an open seat in the entire restaurant and bar, thanks to you all coming out this past Wednesday, January 23rd. We had a show with Frank Calabufo and the West Genesee boys ice hockey team, who is currently in the top three when it comes to uh, playoff seating as they move forward here. they got a bunch of games left and a lot of excitement to go here, and they're going to be playing uh, up against Liverpool this Friday at Liverpool. If you want to go see the game, you should go out and check it out. So big ups to West Jenny, and thank you to the community. There's like 200, 300 seats in that place, and every single one of them had a butt in it. So thank you. for. And there was also a lot of people that were standing. So thank you for coming out and being a part of the wake-up call with Dan Satora live on-site shows at the Wildcat. I also want to thank the Penn and Trophy Center, who give us our Toilet Bowl trophy, as well as our championship trophies. They provide them for us and for our leagues, and I am honored and privileged to be able to present those trophies to our champions and have a great time with everybody. So thank you so much for that to the Penn and Trophy Center. They can help you out here in central and upstate New York, as well as anywhere in the world, by going to Penn and trophy.com it is and spelled out pen a n d trophy.com so make sure you check it out the fantasy football power hour is with myself and mike sofka mike sofka is of hall of fame fantasyfootball.com and as mike and i will tell you all throughout the year fantasy never sleeps and that's why mike is with us every single weekend so we're here today to speak on potential offseason moves teams in the most trouble the officiating the final four of this season the super bowl the pro bowl and so much more including if you know going back to the officials if that was actually a bad call so plenty to talk about here with mr sofka mike how are we doing today awesome how you doing doing very well and mike first and foremost uh, for you let's go into that call I would like to think that I know what a catch is, but the NFL has tried to prove me wrong. I'd also like to think I know what pass interference is, but the NFL just decided maybe it wasn't. So what are your thoughts on, on what's been going on in the NFL? And, and if, if, if they blew a call that looks pretty blatant to me, what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it was egregious, and it was magnified because of the stage it was on, because of the impact because of the timing of the play if this was in the first quarter there wouldn't be as much talk there's blown calls blown plays uh uh penalties not called that should have been and 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 vice versa you know all throughout games all the time it's just unfortunate this was what it was when when the defender roby coleman comes up and thanks the ref for not throwing a flag and you know admits later that he should have been flagged you know if he knows and it was definitely a penalty, and you could see it. It was, it was video evidence, and it's not reviewable. You know, that's the bigger problem. And I know, you know, opponents of replay are talking about, oh, it extends the game. I'm not talking about taking a game from three, three and a half hours to four, four and a half hours. I'm just telling you, you know, if you want to get it right. Now, I'm not saying we have to be ticky-tack and get it right on every single play and review every play. I'm saying 
put that in the coach's arsenal that they can challenge that play. Right now, P.I. is not reviewable. And worse yet, P.I. that's not called is not reviewable either. So it's just an unfortunate scenario of events the way it happened. It was a blown call. The refs admitted it. The NFL admitted it. But it is what it is. They're not going to replay the game from that point on and declare a new winner. Roger Goodell is not going to use an obscure rule and, and replay the game or reclassify the winner of the game. Look, the Saints had many opportunities to run the ball just before that play and just after that play. And they had opportunities to kick a field goal and win the game. They chose not to. They chose to have that game, and they had that one play that went egregiously bad against them, and here we are. You know, they're at home watching the Super Bowl and, you know, not wanting to even go to the Pro Bowl because they've got, you know, sour grapes here. But it is what it is. I praise the NFL for coming out and calling the facts the facts that they missed it, they blew it, the refs, even the uh, defender, you know, and, and I'm sure Tommy Lee Lewis feels bad as well. There's nothing you can do at this point. It's it's part of where we're at, and hopefully we see some change come out of this in a positive manner in the future. And, uh, you know, the Saints just have to come back next year. It's, it's not easy to get. Can you imagine uh, a flashback to Dan Marino? Can you imagine playing with Dan Marino when he came in the league and he went to the Super Bowl right away his rookie year? Can you imagine that team around him thinking, oh, man, we're going to make it back here year after year. We got Dan Marino. They never made it back again. So it's tough to get to where they were. It's going to be even tougher to get back. But I think with Drew Brees and company, if they can get some uh, another receiver, maybe a tight end in there, keep Mark Ingram, I think they're going to have an opportunity to get back, and I think they're going to be just fine. Well, and that's the thing. And like you said, there there was other opportunities for them to win the game. There was other points out there that they could have gotten some things done and whatnot. They could have made some better decisions. But ultimately, you know, you never want the officiating crew to cost you a game. You never want there to be three teams on the field you only or on the court or wherever you may be. So, you know, when something like that happens on a stage like that, how do you correct that? I mean, if, if you're the Saints, Mike, if you're Sean Payton, and the NFL's, you know, officiating office says, you know, we blew the call, we screwed it up. I mean, what does it mean to you? Unless you're going to go back on the field and replay the set of downs, what does it matter? It almost feels worse, does it not, for them to admit their wrongdoing when you know that the game is already over? Well, the only thing that could feel worse than that, in my mind, is losing a coin toss watching the opposing team in the evil empire march down the field and you not even get a chance to get on the field and compete in a Patrick Mahomes and having to watch that, that young in your career, you know? So, I mean, those both games ended, you know, in some, in some weird fashions. And you got to wonder, is the NFL going to, going to look at the overtime policy as well? Because while I agree with it, that, you know, if you score, you go down and score. I mean, it came down to the coin toss. That's what the NFL was trying to get away from. I propose that they go to, you know, not such a sudden death or not such a each team gets to possess the ball and then a sudden death. Just play a quarter. Just play another quarter, man. You know, I get it. I get it. We want to shorten games. You want to get it right? Play a, play a quarter. I'm going to see how your whole team deserves to win, not just one real good drive. And, you know, when Tom Brady was coming on the field there to switch gears again here, sorry about that, but, you know, when Tom Brady was coming on the field, you could see it in his eyes. They were going to score a touchdown. It was over. Mahomes was not getting on the field. So pick your poison. You want to lose by a bad ref call or you want to lose by a coin flip? 
Well, and, and, and that's the thing is, you know, you don't want to lose by either one of those. You don't want the refs to decide the game for you, and you absolutely positively don't want to be in a situation like these overtime situations are now where you can't, you know, you really, you, you honestly, you don't get the chance, you know. It's, okay, well, I mean, I mean this and this is overtime. You know, you go to overtime, and first team that scores, that scores a touchdown, the game is over. But if the first team that possesses the ball kicks a field goal, then you have the opportunity to kick a field goal to tie them and then go back and forth. But as soon as you, whoever possesses the ball first, as you know, if they don't score, then it's whoever scores next. If it's a touchdown, then that's the end of it. So there's all these different rules. You score a touchdown, the game's over. You're the team that possesses the ball first in overtime. You don't score any score from there. A safety, a field goal, whatever, is the end of the game. If you get a field goal and you're the first team that possessed the ball, then the second team gets a chance to kick a field goal, and then you could kick a field goal, and then you could kick a field goal, and you could go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But the reality of it all is the fairness of you have Tom Brady and you know what Tom Brady does at the end of games and you have Pat Mahomes and you know how you know prolific and and how you know electrifying this Kansas City offense has been so to not even give him a chance on the field in overtime is is ridiculous and you know they say oh they we we did give him a chance their defense had a chance to stop him so you know there there's so many angles to this and there's excuses and reasoning and whatnot but Mike, I, I think it should be that. I, I don't think it should be field goal for field goal, pound for pound. I think that you should always have the opportunity, just like in college football, and I'm not saying to put them on the 25-yard line or something like that, but I'm saying to adopt the rules of college football where you get a chance to respond to a field goal or a touchdown. I don't think it should be, hey, if they march down and they score a touchdown, game's over. I think there should always be an opportunity for the team that didn't win the coin flip, that didn't get the ball first I think they should always have the opportunity to respond would you agree that 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 you know that's the least the NFL could do is let the second team possess the ball yeah well and that's partially what I'm saying there you know I I think it just play another quarter this way both teams are essentially guaranteed to get at least one opportunity and and you know and and then I get to see how you the rest of your team responds. It's not just your offense. It's not just the lucky play or getting a, a good PI at a good time and marching down the field and then taking advantage of something and a coin flip. I think both teams need to get a crack at it. And they, you know, I know they tried that with this rule where, you know, both teams will get one chance at the ball. And I know they're trying to minimize injury and, and, and all this, but if you really want to do it right, play another quarter. I want to see how your defense and your offense responds. I want to see how your special teams does. I want to see if you can hold that other team. I want to see if it's not just one facet of your game that's pushing you over the edge. I want to make sure you're the complete team that deserves to win the game, whether it's postseason or not. And that's why I, I you know, I, I insist on another quarter. It is what it is. I'm sorry if you don't feel that way, NFL. I'm sorry, players, if you feel like you're getting hurt or you're going to get hurt. You should have won a game earlier. What can I tell you? You're going to play another quarter. Well, you know, and that's the thing, or, or even playing a bridge quarter. You know, maybe it's not a 15-minute quarter. Maybe it's a 10-minute quarter. You know, we talk about overtime and in college basketball, and it's five minutes, you know, as opposed to playing a full 20 and whatnot. I think it should be a little bit more than that. But, you know, I, I, do, I do believe that both teams should possess the ball, and if they're going to play a full quarter, 
then, you know, that would give an opportunity for, you know, me to score a touchdown, you to score a touchdown, then I have to kick a field goal in order to beat you. So now we're going back and forth, pound for pound, trying to make it happen. I just feel like it has to be more fair, and I think that there has to be more time on the clock. This sudden death thing is just ridiculous. And again, you never want to say, you know, that's, you know, the power of the coin flip, so to speak, that if you get the luck of the draw on the coin flip, because, I mean, do we really think the Chiefs weren't going to make it interesting? Do we really think Pat Mahomes wasn't going to get down the field or Tyreek Hill couldn't break it open on one opportunity? So to not even get to see that is is a sham. I mean, to not even get to see that is, is you know, derogatory toward the sport. Well, put it, put it in perspective when you look at other sports, okay? It doesn't fit the model. It doesn't fit what the league's trying to do or the product they're trying to play out for the fans, which is the entertainment which is what drives it, any advertising dollars. That's why it's a business. So you want to keep the best product. So look at the NHL. Sudden death a lot of times works in the NHL. Look at uh, look at the uh, basketball. Sudden death is not going to work in basketball. Okay, next hoop wins. That That's not the formula. It's not the way it works. You look at soccer. I hate to say it, but look at soccer. Okay, I don't like soccer, but look at soccer. Soccer does have extra time for injuries and so forth, but they also have a sudden death type format. You can't really bring it down to kickers and coin flips. It doesn't fit your business plan. It doesn't fit the model of the product you're trying to keep on the field. You need to have a time frame situation. You know, timing is everything and your team play is everything. You know, you, you look at basketball is more similar to, to, uh, a cross between maybe soccer and football because it's an up and down sport with not many timeouts. Yet there are set plays, and there's set plays in these other fast moving games. But the NFL stands aside because they can have a paced game. They can have a fast paced game, a slow paced game. They can run the clock. They can slow the clock. There's a lot more advantages to to the way you manage the game in the NFL and. They need to manage the overtime a little bit different. And I think the only way to do that is not only guaranteeing both teams a spot with the ball, but, you know, putting a designated time limit, like you said. Maybe it's not a full 15, maybe it's 10 minutes. Just making sure that the fans know the definitive end and it's not just next next lucky break wins the game. No, and, and, that's, and that's where I think fans get confused because they say, okay, so a touchdown wins, but I thought that you could have the opportunity to respond if you're the second team. Oh no, that's only with the field goals. Okay, but if I kick a field goal, then I can kick another field goal. But if I kick a field goal, then I can kick, then I can go for a touchdown. It, it's just you know, make it simple. You know what do they say? It you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. You know that the the reality of it all is put it out there and say there's ten minutes on the clock. Show me what you got. You know, it's, I mean, just, just to know that when it, when it rings zeros, then that's when the game is over. That's when it's done. That's when we have our champion. And if we don't have the winner of that game after that, then we have to go to another overtime. And again, like you said, if people don't like that and it's like, oh my gosh, it's too long. I really don't think that, that someone who paid a hundred dollars to sit in the nosebleed section of an NFL stadium is going to piss and moan about the fact that they have to have one more beer and spend 10 more minutes watching this game. So, you know, in all honesty, you want your team to win. You want it to be fair. And in order for it to be fair, you can't rely, like you said, on kickers and coin tosses because the reality of it all is some of these NFL teams have kickers that could kick it from 67 yards away. So, 
Yeah, go ahead. They usually stop selling beer in the fourth quarter at games, so you're probably not getting an overtime beer, and you're probably thinking about the beers you have at the car when you've been tailgating. So uh, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about the ones you sneak in, Mike. I'm talking about the ones you put in the thermos, Mike. <laughs> You always have to have a flask. You always got to have something to prepare yourself. But no, the re- the reality of and and at the Syracuse games they stopped serving them at at halftime of the football games because we had way too many people uh, have a spill or two. When I was growing up as a kid, I got to see a lot of people not handle their liquor well. So that's that's not a thing up here at the Carrier Dome. Let's take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Totoro. When we come back, plenty to talk about with Mike Sofka inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour that will finish the rest of today's show all the way up to 11 a.m. Coming back after this fast break. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all having a tremendous morning this morning on Thursday, January 24th. The Fantasy Football Power Hours proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, as well as the Penn Ann Trophy Center in their new location on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, 
New York. Proud to be here with you and proud to be with Mike Safka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We're speaking on all things roped around the NFL world. And Mike, I wanted to get a little bit into this Pro Bowl. I know that you've had an opportunity to be around it in recent history. What do you think about it being in Central Florida in Orlando? Do you like it? You know, the, the festivities, you know, bring me into it because you got to experience some of this. So what do you think about having the Pro Bowl there and and has it maybe brought some life back to the Pro Bowl? Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's um, it's it, it, it brings something different to the area here. And Orlando's not necessarily an NFL town. It's surrounded by NFL towns in Jacksonville and Tampa, and it's about halfway in between. So a lot of folks make choices. That's where the line of demarcation is. And, you know, you got some old-school fans in this market that are still Miami Dolphin fans as well, which is a little further away. So within a three-hour drive, any direction there's three NFL teams so there is a saturation and a fan base the only challenge is I think that you know much like Hawaii would be long-term attendance um especially when you consider that a year like this year where the Florida teams just quite frankly weren't any good you know so I'm, I'm thinking attendance might be off a little bit this year but the festivities are first class so I hate to open with a negative there but you know, when I've been to the game, the, the the game was awesome. The player access was, you know, within limits was awesome. Um, and if you went to the practices, if you were lucky enough to get a pass to go to the practices, which was open to regular general fans as well as, you know, through packages you could have bought through the NFL. You know, the, the access was awesome. The players were friendly. They were really there to have a good time. The skills competition, which was taped yesterday, airs tonight. Uh, you know, all these events are, you know, centered. It's it's really about a celebration of the game. It's a celebration for the players and their families because they bring their families. You see, you know, last year I remember seeing Drew Brees and his kids running around and stuff. So, I mean, it's a celebration of the game for the players and their families. It's a celebration for the fans. And, you know, what fans around the country wouldn't want to come to Disney property and see a great NFL pro- product you know everything's going to be done right in first class. Nothing's going to be halfway done because, you know, the mouse is involved, the NFL's involved. So, you know, in the city of Orlando, you know, and, and, and what they do at Barter Citrus Sports is awesome, you know, and helping put this on. This is uh, tremendous to have it three years. I've always said that they need to have more marquee games and matchups and the Pro Bowl here. So I think the attendance and the feedback from the fans and the players has been good. Uh, over the three years, I hope they continue to extend it. But at the same time, you know, they, they have that flexibility to move it. It just seems so far and so distant and so empty and so nothing when it's in Hawaii. But I don't know, maybe it's just me because I'm local here. I like having a Pro Bowl here, and I hope it continues. Now, I had a question uh, as far as the, and I spoke with Papa Joe about this at the top of the show. And so, you know, I'm going to Tarantino this thing. I'm going to wrap it all together. I'm going to bring it all back and see who is listening here. But to get your thoughts on it, Mike, just, you know, what you can say about, you know, my idea is, okay, so the Pro Bowl game itself is kind of lackluster, right? There's not a lot to it. It's, you know, it's kind of like two hand touch type of thing. So my thing would, you know, I, I said, what if they replace that? with the two worst teams in the NFL coming down to the Pro Bowl celebration week 
and having the culmination of the week or even in the middle whatever they want to do I mean have it on Saturday or Sunday whatever whatever makes them feel good whatever tickles their fancy but have one of the main events be that the two worst teams in the NFL fight for the number one draft pick spot so you got fan bases flying in from both of these teams you got guaranteed butts in the seats you have a ticket allotment almost like a collegiate bowl game and you put it all together like that. So you already you have a venue that's used to having these teams come from all over the country. You have the two worst teams face off against each other. Instead of it being a two-hand touch or a tickle fight, you essentially have them fight over the number one pick. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that has any long-term business behind it. I think that while it's a novel idea and it's creative and it you know, on pen and paper, it sounds great. And in the fantasy football world, that would be great. And I've played in fantasy leagues that do something quite similar to that. But at the same time, it it's it comes down to dollars. Like, who who, who are the worst teams this year? Who who's going to have the top picks this year? Arizona has number one. San Fran has number two. Do you really think that the Arizona fans and the San Fran fans are going to? Flock to Orlando would say to, to watch two teams that didn't live up to expectations all year. Those fans are still in the rah rah spend money on my team mood, even after you've only won a handful of games, if any, this year. I just don't think it makes business sense for the NFL. It's a great idea. I like it, but I just don't think it's a, a good business plan. Well, and that's the thing is, and I agree with you, you know, I mean, this is an idea that, that I've come up with and sat with and, you know, you look at different angles and then you open up my mind to different pieces and whatnot. But I think if this game was played in Pasadena, that, that, that the fans would show up to see Arizona face off against San Francisco, but to come all the way across the country for teams that barely won any games this season, I can understand that. I mean, if it was set in Orlando, then I would say maybe it doesn't help this year. But, you know, or if they, you know, or if they did something around the, the, I mean, I know the NFL could probably be upset about this or the other teams, but, you know, because you're in Orlando to do something with the Jaguars and the Bucks and the Dolphins or have them have a special piece of this and whatnot. I mean, I think that the Jaguars, Dolphins and the Bucks are missing the boat if they don't have, you know, almost a booth there to sell season tickets for next season, because wherever you're going to have the Pro Bowl, that state, you know, should definitely be using all that time to get in front of these fans because if you're a fan that typically doesn't go to the games I'd be selling tickets like crazy at these games and you know UCF should have a booth and USF should have a booth and and whatnot you know that these these teams that are trying I mean Florida State really doesn't need to have you know sell tickets and Miami not necessarily has to do it and the Gators don't have to do it but FAU FIU UCF USF I'm just looking at this as you know make the most of it and 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 get the most out of this thing and if you're going to have all these teams in the state of Florida you know that are going to be around the area you would be crazy I mean yeah whether you send somebody to the Pro Bowl or not you would be insane to not try and capitalize off of what's going on here when you got NFL fans from all over the country well especially when you consider what they have to offer here in Orlando from you know you got built in already you got infrastructure you got a tourist industry I mean there's no state income tax here for folks so you know it's tourist dollars it's hotel taxes it's, it's revenue that way so tourism is what this state does so when you know they're able to host events everybody's prepared everybody 
everybody's on stage. The hospitality people are here. The hotel rooms are already here. There's entertainment. There's quality entertainment. There's, there's, you know, things to do. It's a, you know, beautiful area. It's kind of Hawaii-like where it's tropical, you know, subtropical here. But at the same time, it's not overbearing. You're not in the middle of a rainforest. You know, you're able to do outdoor activities. And, and it's a great thing, especially, you know, can, can you imagine, you know, you live up, you live up your way. You, you've had the benefit of being in Florida. There's some people that aren't as likely and that maybe this is their trip. You know, they want, hey, it's a good excuse to go see some of our players. We've always wanted to go to Orlando. We've always wanted to go to Disney. We've always wanted to go to Universal. We've always wanted to do all these things and see all these great things. And, you know, it's a great opportunity when you can package that with a, with a sports trip. I've made many a sports trips and, you know, I've gone off the beaten path and, you know, I've gone to the College World Series. I've gone to see football games in other states. And, of course, I'm going to be the tourist. I'm going to take in the sights and the sounds and the fields and the food and the atmosphere and the culture of those areas. And we're just very fortunate in Florida that we've already had a lot of that built in. And it's a desirable market already. And just putting the NFL game here in any facet, whether it's a uh, the Pro Bowl or any NFL activity, just the cherry on the top here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's and that's the thing about it is, you know, you have a tourist place, you have a place that's used to, you know, fielding people from all over the country and all over the world, and so you know, it's the perfect home for the Pro Bowl. It's the perfect home for people that say, hey, you know what? Let's go down to Florida. Let's do the trip now. You know, January is not usually that busy. There's not going to be a ton of people at Disney. It's not going to be crazy. It's not going to be too hot. We can go see the game. So we could go see Mickey. We could go to Universal, and we could go to the Pro Bowl, and the kids. Will be happy and we'll be happy and you know we'll get our sports fix and we'll also get our you know romantic dinners it is the perfect thing and like you said mike i've had the blessing the honor and the privilege of being down to disney pretty much every year of my life uh, living living in florida working at walt disney world i mean i i have had a true blessing to be connected to this world and i'm honored for that and some people never get to do it and some people only get to do it once in a lifetime so i think whatever we can do to make it happen for people and to give them the best experience possible you know let's give it to them i you know not anything against hawaii because i'd love to go to hawaii on vacation but you know it's so far away for so many fans i mean it's great for the islands but it's it's not good for the rest of the fans of the nfl and i think having it in orlando because there are so many direct flights and it's already a destination and, and it already has so much that it makes perfect sense. It adds to something that already has value. It puts a cherry on top of uh, of an of a of a Sunday that already is absolutely delicious. So it puts you in a good position. I think the Pro Bowl, you know, did the right thing by moving to Orlando. And 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 Mikey, I mean, you could give me your thoughts on this. I think the Pro Bowl saved itself by going to Orlando. Well, yeah, it's a game nobody wanted to go to. I mean, everybody wanted to take their family on vacation to Hawaii and. Nobody really cared about the game, but, you know, I think, you know, they tried to bring interesting formats into a fantasy draft when you're bringing in previous players as coaches and all that stuff's fine and good to try to pique interest in the game. You know, and I get it, it's a player safety thing and you got a lot of the star players and those are the last guys we want to see get a, you know, season or career ending injury or catastrophic injury to them. So, you know, I get the way the game is played, but like I said, I think the NFL's approach to this thing has been it's a celebration of the game for the fans and the players and their families. And I think 
just taking that approach is everything. And I, like I said, I look forward to many more. I, I don't know that they're going to do it every year here, but it sure would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be nice to see it move forward. Well, Mike, as we continue on here, speaking with Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, we have a bunch of things to get to here. We've spoken on the officiating. We've spoken on the Pro Bowl. What are your, and you know, and we've spoken somewhat on the, the final four that were in these games and the games that we have. Let's look at this Super Bowl and what we have coming up here. I know we'll talk about it more, so I don't want to go too deep into it because we're going to, we're going to, of course, you know, next week branch out even more so. But what can you say about the Patriots this season and, you know, making it in, in a, in a very unpatriotic way, I guess, in the, in the sense of, you know, and I don't mean that like un-American, but in the sense of it didn't feel like a Patriot season. They weren't the number one seed. They kind of snuck into the number two seed. You know, the Chiefs were the hot team and the Chargers were a hot team. So, you know, what do you think about how the Patriots got there as well as how the Rams got there? Well, you know, I, I look at the Patriots like the big brother of the league. The old wily guy sits in a corner, doesn't say too much. You know, the young buck comes in the bar and he's like, hey, you know, this is my place, this is my territory. And the, and the wily regular, the wily veteran just sits there with his back to the wall because he doesn't want anybody sneaking up on him from behind. And, you know, he takes it all in. And then, you know, the young buck gets a little mouthy and then, you know, starts to shoot his mouth off a little bit. And then next thing you know, words are said and things are exchanged. And the old guy gets up, walks across the bar, punches the young buck in the mouth, knocks him out and keeps walking. Well, that's what the Patriots did. You know, people were saying they were down and they're, they're, they're bad. And, oh, Tom Brady's lost it and they're too old. And this is the end of Gronk. And Belichick and Brady are fighting. And, you know, we've talked about it time and time again. It's the evil empire. You saw ESPN must be listening to us because they've capitalized on that and put out a video with Tom Brady and Belichick representing the characters from the Star Wars uh, dark side there. You know, it is what it is. This is what the Patriots do. No doubt in my mind that the Patriots don't deserve to be here. You can say what you want about the overtime situation. The Patriots deserve to be there. They're the better team. They've been the better team. They've taken care of business. And from top to bottom, they've been a first-class organization. They haven't won every week, but they've done what they needed to do to get where they need to be, and that's in the Super Bowl. And I just I have to put it out there, and I'll just say it now. If you had one game and you wanted one quarterback and you wanted one coach that are active in the NFL right now, who would you want? And I think most people, even if they don't like the Patriots, would say Belichick and Brady. And I think it's it's apropos there. This is what we're going to see, and that I, you know, this is what they do. Don't be surprised. I don't know why anybody's surprised or why anybody thinks that they shouldn't be there. They should be there. This is what they do. Go Patriots. Well, and that's the thing. You know, they, they find a way to get there. They find a way to get it done. You know, people stand in their way. They're really, really good at the end of the season. They know how to answer. They know how to. They know what to do, when they need to do it, how they need to do it, where they need to do it. They're, they're, just, they're just good. You know, people... 
people hate greatness. And the thing is, I joke around about Tom Brady and I joke around about the Patriots and and on how many times they got there and this and that and and how Brady kisses his son and that I hope to have that level of, of passion with with a female someday, you know, because it's it's awkward with what he has with a 12 year old child. But, you know, you hope that, you you know, you can have that type of love and affection. But I mean, it's, it's the reality of it all is you can joke about Tom Brady, you could joke about Bill Belichick, but they're but the, they are some of the best. They're 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 one of the best tandems in in sports history ever, and they're always going to be that way. And it's already set in stone. And no matter what they do now, if they never win another Super Bowl, if they never made it back anywhere, if they went zero and sixteen from here on out, they'd still be known as one of the best. And you know, so I I, I just you got to give credit where credit is due. And on the other side with the Rams, it's all about youth, right? Todd Gurley's not that old. Jared Goff has only been a starter for a couple seasons. Sean McVay and I are similar in age. I mean, there there's so much on this team about young guys and just a strong defense and going out and getting these players and making these moves and bringing in the right people. So I have, you know, nothing but tremendous respect for the youth of the Rams and then the, you know, veteran status of the Patriots. This is like, you know, big brother versus little brother, and it's going to be a great game to see, you know, if the little brother can make the big brother, you know, tap out or if this is going to be another Patriots win. And we're going to talk about that as we move on. Mike, final notes here we're going to make right after this fast break. We will come back and Mike and I will give each other a compliment on National Compliment Day. So we're going to be doing that. And uh, we're also going to uh, take a take a look here at some of the potential offseason moves that could happen here, as well as the teams that are in the most trouble as they head into the NFL draft right after this. This is a wake-up call fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn & Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn & Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. 
It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And proud to have you listening on wakeupcalldt.com and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Once again, we are here in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, which we packed for the West Genesee Ice Hockey Show. Thank you so much for that. And also a shout out to the Penn and Trophy Center, which brings us our trophies for the fantasy football challenge that we have in wake up call we have the mini lombardis we have the toilet bowl trophies they also can customize engrave and do i mean they've had swords come in there they've had literally like katana swords that have been engraved so you can engrave anything any type of gift any type of event anything you got going on if it's for a team or an office or a company or if it's just for mom and dad you can go to the pen and trophy center on 119 east second street in East Syracuse, New York, and you can go to penandtrophy.com. That's penandandtrophy.com and check out more information there. Even if you're out of town, they can help you out as well and take care of you over the internet and get you the order that you need. So with that being said, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com and I are wrapping up today's edition of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, and we're moving on to an idea that I have. Antonio Brown is allegedly not happy with the Steelers, and Jalen Ramsey is kind of a head case with the Jaguars. So my question to you, Mike Sofka, do you flip them and send the Steelers some help in their secondary, which they need, and the Jaguars get their number one wide receiver, which they don't have? What are your thoughts on that? Well, it makes sense. I'm, you know, sitting here talking about it. I'm not sure financially it's going to make sense for the Jaguars. I, I think that... Um, you know, I don't think that they're looking for that prima donna type wide receiver, and and that's what I consider Antonio Brown to be, as good as he is, and and so forth. I I just don't think that that's something they're going to bring in. They have prima donna players on the Jaguar roster that aren't prima donnas, and a Ramsey and then a Fournette. You want to trade trade Fournette for Nick Foles? Let's solve that problem. Let's solve Philly's run problem, and let's solve Jacksonville's quarterback problem. Put a band-aid on it for a couple of years. Get Foles in here. Do we draft another quarterback or until Trevor Lawrence is available? But I don't think they'll be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence if they bring a solid quarterback in here. Jags are Jags are built to win now. They're a quarterback away from making it happen. They're you know some more uh, uh, time, some more experience in the wide receiver department. You know, away from making that happen and. If they can get a running back in there that's not a head case and not a problem child, not a discipline problem, whether that's from that or whether that's someone else, you know, that's yet to be said. And, you know, if you're going to run your mouth on defense, you better back it up. So, 
you know, hopefully they can get these little problems solved. As far as Pittsburgh and the, and the wide receiver thing, yeah, I think Antonio Brown's done there, and I think they're going to send him off somewhere else. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to San Francisco, though. That would be uh, probably the best fit for him and San Francisco as well. So, you know, Jaguars-wise, what do you think about with wide receivers? You know, if we look at if we look at 2019 free agency inside of the NFL and we look at, you know, who is essentially going to be out here, you know, I mean, what what are your thoughts on on some of these guys and and you know, what we can what we can take a look at because the reality of it all is they need a wide receiver. I mean, yeah, they need a quarterback who can throw to these wide receivers and and somebody who could be that guy but you know what type of moves do you make because you know there's there's some opportunity that's going to be out there and the Jacksonville Jaguars I would venture to say I mean yeah you could go to the draft and try and get that but you also want to take a, a good hard honest look at what's already in the NFL for 2019 free agency so what are your thoughts on this and 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 I'll scour the list as we begin the conversation but you know what what are your ultimate thoughts on on maybe what the Jaguars should do would is there somebody good enough in this draft or or is this something that we have to just kind of pull back and say you know they should really take a a good hard look at some of these free agents that are out there I think they're going to be okay I don't think they need to panic at wide receiver I just think that you know some of the guys that we're supposed to perform need to start performing. Marquise Lee needs to stay on the field if he can get back on the field after the, you know, season ending injury. There's guys that, you know, just you wonder, are they getting it done? And you got to wonder, is it the quarterback or the receiver? Well, we've been blaming it on the, on the quarterback for quite a few years. And well, it comes true. I think it was the quarterback, you know, they blamed it on the offensive coordinator for a few years. They blamed it on mechanics. They blamed it on this. You know, it, it comes down to you can have the best receiver in the world. If the quarterback can't get him the ball, he ain't worth anything. And that's pretty much where it is. You look at what Antonio Brown's had. He's had an outstanding quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. That's taken him from great to elite status. You know, the, you, you got to have a decent quarterback if you're going to have a decent wide receiver. Or in fantasy world, you got to have a really bad defense, a really good quarterback, and a really really good receiver because you want them to be in a position where they're, you know, having to throw the ball and, and, and get you some points. So, you know, I think there's guys out there that can make a difference. I don't think there's going to be that much movement in the free agent market. You know, you look at a guy I know who's available in Cole Beasley. He's been quite boisterous out of Dallas lately. I don't see him going anywhere and playing any better anywhere else. You saw when they needed to rely on him, they couldn't. They, you know, it wasn't until they got a big name player in there that Cole Beasley was even relevant as a third receiver out of the slot. You know, because Cooper and Gallup were able to handle the bigger roles, that puts Cole Beasley in a position where he's more like the Julian Edelman guy. So, you know, there's each team has their own specific needs and desires, their own style. You look at old man and Larry Fitzgerald; he signed back with Arizona, and I'm not sure that. You know, that's great for either Arizona or him, but, you know, we'll see. I guess they both feel he's got another year at least in him. He's still one of the best receivers in the, in the league, and he's still one of the best receivers of all time, but I don't think he's helping himself or the Arizona Cardinals. So well, I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement. I think there are going to be some guys that may make some impacts coming out of the draft, and, 
you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions yet, but we're kind of early in that process. It's yet to be said, but it's going to be interesting. I, I look forward to watching this time of year to see what kind of movement is made and see what teams are positioning for to take in the draft. It's a, it's a good time of year. It's exciting. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you bring up the, you know, the point of Cole Beasley. I think he will be staying in Dallas. Uh, Chris Hogan is, is available, but I would, I would venture to say that the Patriots will hold on to him. You know, other guys that are out there, John Brown and Mike Wallace, who have been, you know, in, in a few different places. John Brown had some success with Baltimore recently here. Golden Tate, Dante Moncrief, who's with the Jaguars, I would imagine they would look to hold on to him because he doesn't cost that much. And then Randall Cobb is out there too. But the Larry Fitzgerald factor, I, I think that you got a point there, Mike, in, in, in the sense of, you know, Fitz has been playing for almost two decades, but if this is his swan song, I would want to go to a team with a quarterback that's already established that has the opportunity of making to the playoffs. And so I think that for Larry, it's not the best way to – I mean, I know his commitment to the Cardinals, and I respect it, but for Larry, in my opinion, if he wants a shot at winning, he's in the wrong place. And then, you know, him staying with Arizona kind of prolongs their ability to really turn the page and, and to, you know, start a new chapter. So I think it, I think it kind of halts the rebuilding of Arizona. And at the same time, it, you know, puts him in a situation where he could retire with three wins in his last season. Yeah, nobody wants to go out like that. Everybody wants to go out a winner and a champion. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this is more Arizona reaching out to Larry Fitzgerald and saying, look, we want you here. We need you here to continue to help the young quarterback continue to grow, to help the young receivers that we're bringing in. You know, Christian Kirk still probably needs some tutelage, needs some assistance here and there. And it's, you know, what better guy to give that to than a guy who's dedicated to the organization done so much for himself his career and his team and the community you know it's a great situation that they're in it's almost like having that veteran quarterback presence on the sideline to help that young quarterback develop and you know a lot of people think that you know overlook that or 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 miss that that's overrated it's not you know you know if you if you have somebody that's willing to help you out no matter how good of an athlete you are there's certain things there's protocols there's there's uh you know, usual and customary practices. There's how you practice. There's how you prepare for the game. There's the extra things you do to make yourself better. Taking coaching, taking constructive criticism, building, and more importantly, getting better each and every day. And that's the goal as these NFL players. You know, some of these guys are still, while they look like outstanding players in college, they're so raw as far as NFL talent goes. So, you know, a lot of these guys have to be shown the NFL way and, you know, good or bad, you know, it, it is what it is. And some guys have helped, some guys don't. And I think for Arizona and Larry Fitzgerald and, and the rest of the team around there, they're just, they're, they're in a good position to be able to have him back. I just don't think it's a, it's a winning formula. I don't necessarily think it's going to put the Cardinals in the Super Bowl next year. No, and, and again, I do believe that it kind of prolongs their ability to move forward because I think his, you know, tutelage of Christian Kirk maybe could be for this, you know, this past season and move forward from there. Mike, really quick here, what NFL teams, in your opinion, are in the most trouble heading into the NFL draft? Wow. You know, I, I think one of the teams that I would be concerned about if, if, if I was a part of the organization would be the Jets. 
I think the Jets should make a strong play for Antonio Brown. I think the Jets need help at running back. I think the Jets need help at receiver. I think they may have a tight end, and I think they may have a quarterback. And, you know, I think they're going to need help continuing to pressure the quarterback to help them on defense as well. So I think the Jets are in trouble. I think the Giants look nice. They look good, but I think they need better defensive support. I think they need guys that can rush the passer. I think they need guys that can defend. I think Kansas City's in trouble as far as their secondary and their defense. But the team that I think is really the most in trouble, I mean, just bottom out, you know, no help. I don't know what these guys are going to do. You know, I, I don't know if that team's out there. Maybe it is the Buffalo. You know, they got an aging running back. They don't have any you know, top-end receiver right now. Uh, they have a good quarterback, but he's young. They have an outstanding guy uh, in Edmonds on the defense who just came in. So, you know, maybe that's one of the teams. They they looked great at times during the year. It's just you could tell they're – I don't think they have the, the depth necessary to, to move forward. I think uh, Cincinnati may be in a little bit of trouble. You know, A.J. Green and – you know, his injuries, and he's getting long in the tooth. And I know they got a good running back now, but their quarterback's starting to age and not playing as well. And that's bad because he was mediocre to begin with. So there's a lot of teams going to be jockeying, jockeying for position. I think the Raiders are in the worst position, but they have the highest, they have the most upside with three first round picks. So it would be easy for me to pick on the Raiders, but I think they're going to, they're going to come out smelling like a rose one way or another. Don't be, don't be shocked if they don't consolidate some picks and move up and go after a quarterback. Yeah, you know, and, and Mike, you, you brought up, uh, you know, all of the New York-connected teams and, and, and obviously, you know, Cincinnati and, and the Oakland Raiders. You know, I would say the teams in the most trouble, in, in, in my opinion, kind of, you know, to go separate from that. I think, you know, there, there are some teams that – that have some positives going on, but their future, you know, I think, I think the Niners have to shore up a lot of things. I think they have to figure out their receiver. I think they have to figure out their running back. I think defensively they have to find their identity. I, you know, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo is great, but you still have other issues out there. So I think that, you know, that's a glaring issue. I think the Arizona Cardinals that we brought up, I think that, you know, Rosen and Kirk could be something special. I think that, you know, that's a tandem that I believe is a possibility to put some smiles on some Arizona Cardinals fans' faces. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, this is a team that's rebuilding and they had a coach for a season and now they have another coach. So since Bruce Arians decided to semi-retire, it didn't really, you know, we, we haven't really seen a, a positive shift for Arizona. It's like you miss Bruce once, you now you miss him again because you already got another head coach. You got two coaches since he left, and now he's coming back for Tampa. I, I think you know with Bruce coming to Tampa, there's some positives there, but Tampa's got a lot of questions to answer. Jameis Winston, you know how many coaches and front office staff have to be fired before Jameis Winston is the guy that's fired? So I think that's a big question mark here. I think Carolina, you know, as good as Cam Newton is. I think they have to figure out what their identity is and what they want to be. And do they start looking to their future? You know, is, is Cam Newton the best thing for Carolina? You know, sometimes you say yes, and sometimes you feel no. Atlanta's got some questions to answer as well. The Detroit Lions are all over the place. I think they really need to, you know, take a good hard look at at everybody that's on that team, and you know, if Matt Stafford is your best player, who's your second best? Can you name him? 
And, you know, can you, and is, is it anybody on the defensive side of the ball? You know, you have a defensive coach in Matt Patricia, and you got a defense that, you know, doesn't really – I mean, yeah, okay, they, the week 17 they beat the Green Bay Packers 31 to nothing when the Packers, you know, just wanted to go home. So, you know, I give credit to Detroit for some of the things that they've done, but it's really hard to name outside of Matt Stafford, maybe Marvin Jones Jr. or Kenny Galladay, who the guys are on this team, and none of those guys are defensive names. So – there are a lot of needs out there, and there's a lot of question marks. Denver, still trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be, is a question mark. And I think the Jaguars are that team. Like, Mike, I agree with you. They're a team right now. They got a, they got a tight window to go to a Super Bowl and potentially win a Super Bowl. They have to fix their problems right now before they fall all the way back to the beginning they got to figure out their quarterback situation. they got to figure out their wide receiver situation, and they got to get the viruses out of the locker room or get those viruses to stop spreading essentially that is uh, my analysis of it all and mike's as well mike uh, the final thing i want to do on today's show in the fantasy football power hour under promise over deliver we've gone past 11 o'clock so thank you to all of you who continue to listen into the show on wake up call this morning mike it's national compliment day and I, I tend to compliment you all the time because I feel like it. But on National Compliment Day, I figure we should have some fun with it. So so what? you give me a compliment, I give you a compliment, and that's how we'll end the show. We'll try, we'll try and give everybody an example of how being nice to someone and not just caring about yourself and yourself alone could actually do some major wonderful things. So we're going to be the example to some people out there today. So send me a compliment, and I'll send one back to you. Dan, you give the best compliments. <laughs> Mike, you are a good fantasy football provider because you work with the best. Awesome. I like it. There you go. There's our compliments. We we kind of backhanded and, and you know, complimented each other as a joke, obviously. But, but Mike, in, in all honesty, you know I appreciate all that you're doing and Appreciate you as a human being as well. So I look forward to you know seeing you soon, talking with you soon, getting a warmer weather, and with everything you're doing with Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Thank you for being a service to all of us, and I look forward to having you uh, back on the broadcast shortly here. All right, thank you to you as well for the format, for the platform, for the ability to to, to work with you. It's a pleasure all the time, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Look at that, a true compliment to end the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I'll talk right. to you soon. All right, bye. Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka once again, having some fun with, with Mike this morning, having a good old time. So thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We are 9 to 11 every Monday through Friday, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Under Promise, Over Deliver, we, we always seem to go over 11 o'clock lately, and and that's uh, a true testament to me loving my job and loving being on the air and the people that are with me just uh, giving, a, giving their time freely and of the goodness of their heart. So thank you to all of them, including... Mike Sofka and Papa Joe. And of course, uh, I want to thank Alan Griffin, Adrian Autry, O'Shea Brissett, and Buddy Bayheim, as well as the entire team for being a part of the broadcast. I want to thank Coach Q for everything he's done this week. Don't get down on Syracuse women's basketball. They're 15 and 4. This is a beautiful place for them to be in. They're going to continue to grow and blossom and get better. And. I can't wait for Friday's show, TGIF, baby. So we're going to start off Friday like we always do. The Annoying Moment of the Week, proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt. And at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, right after the Annoying Moment of the Week that starts at 9 at 9.30 
We'll have significant sound bites and have some cool specials coming up for you for that. And then we'll go to Friday Morning Live, and we'll be live in studio, and you'll be able to watch and listen to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Every Friday, we let you see into the studio and, and see into the life of Wake Up Call and, and you know get more of a feel for it on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. We give you the live video to go with the live audio. So let's have some fun with it. Let's have a great time, as we always do on a Friday. I hope to see you at the Carrier Dome today. If you see me, come over, say hi, what's up? And outside of that, thank you to everybody that's been tremendous at all of the uh, live events that I've been able to do. And uh, this week, we were at Chick-fil-A with the CNS uh, North Stars Boys Ice Hockey Team with Dan Jones and Josh Matiasek and Ricky Riley and Matt Kramer. And, and you were all amazing. And Jim Sikowski and you know the entire staff at Chick-fil-A was great. On Tuesday, we had a doubleheader at the Press Room Pub which is in downtown Syracuse on 220 Herald Place. It's the place in downtown where you can actually park for free and find parking. So I love it for that. And the uh, press room pub and other reasons as well. The food's really good. Frank, the chef, is tremendous. And uh, thanks to Tom Hornstein and Frank and the entire staff there and to all of our servers and to all of the uh, bartenders that did a, a tremendous job at our doubleheader. We had Coach Q and Adni Amadou of Syracuse Women's Basketball do a live show, followed by trivia. We had a record trivia night out there, so thank you to all the teams. You were awesome. To this Wednesday, where we were at the Wildcat Sports Pub, and we packed the house, and like I said, there was no open chairs at the Wildcat. There were no open seats. This is a big place in Camillus. There was no open seats in the building. There was like 20 people sitting on a couch. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to West Genesee and your support. Thank you to the Wildcat Sports Pub, Danny and Heather Tome, Nikki Armstrong, Bree Brooks, Isaiah Johnson, the entire staff that's over there. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you to everybody. So let's have a great rest of our week. Let's have a great Thursday night tonight. God bless to each and every single one of you. Make sure that you're on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. If you love the live show and you want to listen back, which I hope you do, you can always go to wakeupcalldt.com and you will find links to the YouTube library of Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora. You can also go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, the RSS feed, and more to find all of these shows that are live archived. So, Make sure you're tuning in and listening in, and we hope to have you here Friday morning. And this weekend's a massive weekend for the number one team in the nation, the Syracuse Stallions. Buy your tickets now by going to SyracuseStallions.com. That's SyracuseStallions.com. Thank you to you, and thank you to God. Have a great day, folks, and know that if you feel alone and you feel like nobody wants the best for you or nobody's hoping the best for you or nobody's in your corner, just know that I'm always hoping and praying that you have just as an amazing of a day today as you could ever have and that tomorrow is even better than today. So focus on today, give it your best, and know that I'm always rooting for you. I'll talk with you soon.